0: Hi, my name is Casey Warbrick. I'm genderqueer and use they, them pronouns. Living in my queer body during this time of COVID-19 has definitely been challenging. I've continued to work through the pandemic, which is mentally taxing to say the least. I have to wear a mask four to six hours a day at my job, which means I can't bind while I'm there because it makes breathing too difficult. My dysphoria levels are in a place where they haven't been in a while. Being misgendered in my workplace has become all the harder to cope with due to how vulnerable and uncomfortable I feel being aware of the parts of me I wish weren't there. Not only can I no longer bind, but the top surgery I had gone for a consultation for and been close to setting a date for has been postponed indefinitely because it's deemed an elective non-essential surgery. I'm learning that security in my body is essential. For months, the idea of reprieve just around the corner got me through the deepest parts of my mental illness and dysphoria. I wanted a shirtless summer so badly. I mourn for the point where I would have been in my life right now, but try to remember to count my blessings in this situation. No one I know has been affected by the virus. I still have a reliable income and a stable roof over my head. I'm learning to prioritize my needs and care and being gentle with myself. I'm learning to take comfort in the fact that this will end and hope that the time that passes until my surgery will seem like nothing once it happens.
1: I'm Kian. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns, and I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm learning that I'm queer not because of what I do, but because of how I feel. With events and places being closed, I'm learning that going out to queer events or parties isn't what makes me queer. What makes me queer is how I feel, how I exist in my body, how I learn to love myself. I work at a residential treatment center, so even though I'm still going to work, I'm certainly spending much more time alone, which is kind of allowed me to worry less about passing as a man and instead feel more at ease in my complex and non-binary and queer body. Being in recovery from an eating disorder as well as being trans means that I'm hyper aware of how I look and appear to others. And there's definitely been parts of COVID that trigger my eating disorder urges. But I feel lucky that I'm in a place in my recovery where I can hear those urges and be like, okay, Thanks for that, but I'm going to feed myself instead. I'm going to try to rest instead of exercise. That one's especially hard right now. So like, in order to live out my values as a queer person, I need to choose recovery.
2: This is Scout recording for OJ uses they them pronouns. Being in treatment during the pandemic has kept those of us in treatment like the rest of the world to experience and instilled universal agoraphobia. Crowds and socializing spell danger for both the virus and the eating disorder. As patients in a therapeutic community, we are supposed to socially distance ourselves in spaces that are designed to be conducive to collaboration and support. Our bodies feel even more awkward and unfamiliar as we navigate taking up the right amount of space. Treatment and recovery always coincide with fear, but the pandemic has added an additional layer of terror that isn't necessarily new or different to those of us in recovery. However, it is impacting the way in which we try to recover into an even more uncertain world. I wanted to let you all know that I will be taking my non-binary transition a step further by starting to microdose testosterone this week. After much thinking, weighing, introspection, and therapy conversations, I've decided that this is the next right decision for me to take in order to try to make this round of treatment stick. While it's been terrifying to witness the world essentially stop and change our ways, I've learned that this doesn't always mean progress and that metamorphosis isn't always synonymous with improvement. There's been a certain level of cognitive dissonance in encountering something as surreal and unfamiliar as a global pandemic from inside the banality and ceaseless ordinariness of a treatment center. Treatment has been an impossibly confusing constellation of perilous exposures that I've surrendered almost all resentment to. I feel more than grateful for the support I've received, and not the dutiful, box-checking, white-knuckled sense of me really acknowledging what I have, but more in the immediate and temporal sense, the ten minutes outside we may receive in between groups, my first sip of hot coffee every morning, extra FaceTime sessions with my partner, and hot and cold packs for self-soothing. However, a bleak situation may also contain the seeds of its own transformation, and I'm realizing that it's more dangerous and precarious to live a life of secrets than just come out with who we really are, even if it doesn't feel comfortable or safe. There was a surprise for me in finding unexpected light inside this current state of loss. So with all of that said, for me, quarantining didn't only take things away. With a harsh and at times unrelenting clarity, it also revealed what was already missing. I have finally found enough reason to change. My name is Scout. I use they them pronouns and I live in Brooklyn, New York on Lena- Lenape territory. During COVID-19, I've been learning that my body has missed nature I've been noticing that the stillness of the city causes me to be more aware of my body and my relationships. This is a double-edged sword. As a disabled person, I have a deeper appreciation for my body's ability to thrive, and as someone on HRT, I am more attuned to certain changes, like a deepening voice. However, as someone with a history of anorexia and having been inpatient just a few months prior to shelter in place dysphoria has been more triggering during this time spent alone. One phrase that resonates with me about eating disorders is nobody heals in isolation, making COVID-19 a uniquely challenging time. I've also experienced a lot of joy and pleasure from working with shelter dogs, intimacy with one of my partners, FaceTime with newborns, and feeling liberated on my bike. COVID-19 has also summoned some beautiful and painful grief that has brought me closer to myself. I understand social distancing, but I'd be remiss not to articulate that distance can equal risk and longing. Chronic illness means having to rely on people and systems, whether I want to or not. This pandemic makes limited access next to impossible without catastrophe. COVID-19 has allowed me to focus more on projects with TFED, trans folks fighting eating disorders, and that's been one of my greatest joys, expanding our team, applying for grants, contributing to research, and offering trainings to healthcare providers.
3: Hey, my name is Ethan Lopez. My pronouns are they, them, and he, him. And I am living and existing in a queer body right now. I've really been pondering this question because for me, uh, going through this pandemic reminds me both that our queer bodies are so politicized and that these dire times are life-saving surgeries and treatment is deemed unnecessary while it's also brought together the trans community even more. For example, I've been able to share hormones with those who can't access them right now, give and cook food for my friends who need it more than I do, and also be reminded of how much I need to call on my friends daily and remind them how much I love having their queer presence in my life. It's also brought up this topic of visibility because I am privileged in that I'm a very in a very queer city And now I haven't seen any other queer folks out and about. Well, except my downstairs neighbors. But I've also been able to grow that relationship. And now we bake and cook for each other and leave gifts at uh, our doorsteps. But all in all, it's a struggle. But I believe that we as a queer and trans community will do whatever it takes to help one another in any way possible.